Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet following the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBT community. In this week's headlines, an Orlando businessman is raising money for college scholarships in honor of the victims of the Pulse nightclub shooting last year. A wild LGBT hater tore down and stomped on a pride flag outside a congressman's office in Washington, D.C. New Mexico looks set to ban so-called conversion therapy, and Disney's live-action reboot of Beauty and the Beast is on track to break box office records this weekend, complete with Disney's first gay character. All that and more on this episode of The Randy Report. First up this week, excellent news from Orlando businessman Barry Miller, who's working with the GLBT Community Center of Central Florida and the Central Florida Foundation to raise money for college scholarships for gay students. Named the 49 Fund, the scholarships will be awarded in honor of the 49 people killed in the June 2016 shooting tragedy at Pulse Nightclub in Orlando, Florida, the worst shooting massacre in the history of the United States. Miller's goal is to offer 10 annual scholarships in the amount of $4,900. To be eligible for consideration, students will need to attend an institution of higher learning full-time, carry a 3.0 GPA, and self-identify as out. Pulse survivors or family members of victims will be given special consideration. We should probably file my next story under strange behavior because, excuse me as I laugh, but I can't imagine someone acting so rude or disorderly at a congressman's office. But this week, California Congressman Alan Lowenthal, a member of the Congressional LGBT Equality Caucus, had a visitor enter his office and angrily attack a pride flag displayed outside the congressman's office. The man told Lowenthal's staff that it was immoral and disgusting to fly the flag associated with the gay rights movement near the American flag. Members of Congress have permanent fixtures outside each of their offices to accommodate three flags. Two spaces go to the American flag and the member's state flag, and the third slot is always used as a personal selection of the congressman's choice. The flags are arranged so that they always follow all laws regarding the display of the American flag. Congressman Lowenthal has been an LGBT community advocate and ally for more than four decades, sponsoring numerous pieces of legislation over the years in support of LGBT rights. He participated in the Long Beach Pride Parade since its inception, including the very first parade in 1984, where some parade members were forced to wear bulletproof vests due to death threats. The flag that was stomped on has been on display outside the congressman's D.C. office since 2013 and visited the steps of the Supreme Court with the congressman when the ruling on marriage equality was announced. Congressman Lowenthal issued this statement on his Facebook page. Yesterday, an individual barged into my office in Washington and made a disparaging remark about the fact that I fly the pride flag outside my office. He then went back out into the hallway outside my office, removed the flag from its holder, threw it to the ground, and stomped on it. He told my staff that the flag was disgusting, immoral, and goes against everything that's right. 
The pride flag is more than just a symbol of pride for the LGBT community. It stands for love, understanding, and unity. As vice chair of the Congressional LGBT Equality Caucus, I have flown this particular pride flag since 2013 in solidarity with the LGBT community. I've committed to fly it proudly until LGBT people have all of the same rights I have and until our laws protect LGBT people from discrimination and violence. Sadly, the violent and disturbing behavior of this individual yesterday demonstrated that we aren't there yet. His actions yesterday, intended to intimidate and demean, only make me and those that love freedom and justice want to fight that much harder. We simply must pass the Equality Act now. The Equality Act would amend the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to include protections that ban discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. And that, folks, is how you turn a hateful action into a moment of positive messaging. Thank you, Congressman Lowenthal. Next up, New Mexico appears set to become the seventh state in the U.S. to pass legislation that bans healthcare workers from trying to change the sexual orientation or gender identity of minors through so called conversion therapy. After clearing the Senate last month, the bill, SB 121, passed through the House this week by a vote of 44 to 23 and will now head to the governor's desk. New Mexico would be the eighth jurisdiction in the nation, including the District of Columbia, to protect youth under the age of 18 from the harmful and discredited practice of conversion therapy by state-licensed mental health professionals. There are currently 19 other state legislatures considering similar legislation. Jody Winteroff, the Human Rights Campaign's Senior Vice President of Policy and Political Affairs, issued this statement. Conversion therapy is dangerous and inhumane, and the Human Rights Campaign is very pleased to see New Mexico's lawmakers stand up for the vulnerable children who could be subjected to this completely discredited practice. This action sends a clear message to LGBTQ youth in New Mexico. You do not need fixing. We hope the governor signs this bill into law as soon as possible. Currently, New Jersey, California, Oregon, Illinois, New York, and Vermont have all passed similar legislation. In related news, Nevada Democrats have filed Senate Bill 201, which would also ban licensed medical professionals from practicing this therapy. On the flip side, however, the Arkansas House of Representatives has advanced HB 1986, an anti-transgender bill, to their Senate. The bill looks to legalize discrimination against transgender Arkansans by making it criminal for trans folks to use the facilities that correspond to their gender identity. It would impose a criminal record on a transgender person who makes use of a locker room or similar facility that's consistent with their gender identity, even if they haven't done anything wrong. Again, the Human Rights Campaign stepped up and issued a statement regarding the legislation, which read in part, simply put, HB 1986 targets transgender Arkansans just because of who they are. HRC Arkansas opposes any bill that singles out LGBTQ Arkansans for discrimination and laudably, Governor Asa Hutchinson also opposes unnecessary anti-transgender legislation. 
Millions of Americans live in cities and states with affirmative non-discrimination protections that ensure transgender people are able to access places of public accommodation, including theaters, grocery stores, coffee shops, and gas stations, and those protections date back decades in many places. Arkansas should learn from the mistake North Carolina made with its disastrous HB2 law and reject this discriminatory measure. Sadly, in related news, Texas also has its own anti-transgender legislation. Senate Bill 6 recently passed in the state Senate and is now moving on to the House. That legislation would similarly block bathroom use in public schools and government buildings on the basis of biological sex, prohibiting most transgender people from using bathrooms that align with their gender identity. The bill in Texas, however, would also block any local anti-discrimination laws meant to protect transgender residents. In response to the Texas legislation, among many groups, more than 55 athletes have signed an open letter condemning the piece of legislation. The list includes out-athletes Robbie Rogers, Gus Kenworthy, Greg Luganis, Brian Anderson, and Aiden Dowling. The letter reads, Texas can choose to uphold the values of sport by rejecting SB6 and other anti-LGBT bills and the negative impact they would have. These bills are answers in search of a problem that doesn't exist. SB6 isolates, excludes, and others the transgender community and exacerbates many of the issues transgender Texans already face. The only solution that embodies the spirit of sport is to expand equality by embracing diversity. That diversity is inclusive of the LGBT community and is why we hope you will do the right thing and reject these discriminatory bills. House Speaker Joe Strauss has indicated he has issues with the bill and may not bring it to the floor of the House for a full vote. Stay tuned. In entertainment news, openly gay director Bill Condon of Dreamgirls and Gods and Monsters fame looks to have a lot to celebrate this weekend as his latest movie, the live-action reboot of Disney's Beauty and the Beast, is primed to be a box office bonanza. The film grossed $63.8 million on Friday for a projected record-breaking weekend north of $170 million. This positions the film to be one of the top 10 openings of all time and the biggest opening ever for a PG title. Not only is the story and musical much beloved, but Condon recently outed the character of LeFou in an interview promising Disney's first ever gay moment. Critics are generally finding a lot to love about the film, and how can we not support a film with an out director, a feminist star, and a history-making same-sex couple? Be their guest, folks, and get to a multiplex this weekend. In celebrity news, former Teen Wolf and Aero star Colton Haynes had an eventful weekend last week as he announced that he and boyfriend Jeff Letham got engaged. Haynes posted a photo on his Instagram account featuring the couple kissing in front of a massive fireworks display with the caption, I said yes. Haynes confirmed the rumors of his romance with Letham just last month. Letham is a celebrity floral designer whose clients include Kris Jenner and Sofia Vergara. Apparently Cher, who's known Letham for years, had a part in the very special moment with a pre-recorded I Got You Babe lead-in to the big proposal. On Instagram, Haynes wrote, It's not every day that someone comes into your life and makes you want to be a better man. I feel so blessed to be by your side, Jeff Letham. What movies are made of. 
Congratulations to the happy couple. Sometimes, folks, the smallest act can make a huge impact on not only an individual, but an entire community. For instance, when New York police officer Michael Hance made headlines and captured hearts in June 2015 when he spontaneously danced with the marcher at the city's gay pride parade. Hance was assigned to work the annual Manhattan March in 2015 when Aaron Santis marched past with the LGBT Big Apple Softball League. As Michael Jackson's Don't Stop Till You Get Enough blasted in the crowd, Santa started dancing in front of Officer Hance, who turned and started twerking as the gay marcher began grinding behind him. Photos of the Terpsichorean moment captured hearts across the country. At the time, the NYPD expressed their own pride in Hance's impromptu performance. After the enormous positive response to the incident, Brian Downey, the president of the New York Police Department's Gay Officers Action League, said, I was as impressed as I was happy about the video. He isn't a member of Goal or the LGBT community, but we related to see the video. It represented the true spirit of the police family. Hans's family was also unsurprised that the beloved cop managed to connect with parade goers. Said his brother at the time, that's just who he is. He was definitely a people person. He has like 8 million friends. The 17-year veteran of the NYPD worked the bucket brigade in the aftermath of the terror attack on the World Trade Center. Sadly this week, Officer Hance died of 9-11-related cancer. He was 44. Hance worked out of the 111th Precinct in Bayside, Queens, and was diagnosed with brain cancer in November after he fell in front of his home and complained of being dizzy. He fought the disease, and the cancer spread to his lungs, liver, and chest. Speaking at his funeral today, Reverend Patrick Woods said, Thousands upon thousands of compassionate and kind deeds are done by police officers every single day, and they go unnoticed. Gratefully, we have that video which shows the police officers of New York showing respect for all people. That's why we call you New York's finest. Rest in peace. Officer Michael Hance. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you like The Randy Report podcast, I'd like to invite you to hit the subscribe button in iTunes, and that way every time I upload a new episode of the podcast, it'll be sent straight to you for your listening pleasure. Also remember you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I follow the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBT community. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time. 